everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here with Gordon McKernan of Gordon McKernan Injury Lawyers. We're going to be talking about lawyering, legal jargon, um, avocado seeds, NIL deals, and just a plethora of Louisiana business, Louisiana highway stretches, and who knows? We're going to get into all sorts of different things. But before we get into that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out to the amazing sponsors that make this show possible each and every week. Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Mallard Bay Outdoors, Horizon Financial, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Without further ado, Gordon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm glad we're able to make this happen. Alex, shout-out to Alex, made us connect up and get this going, and I'm really excited to have a conversation with you about what it is that you do, man. (laughs) Well, I'm excited too, and Alex is my marketing director and does a great job. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd say your marketing director does a pretty good yeah. job of getting, <laughs> as we were discussing before the show, your your brand out there, right? Right. Getting the the Gordon G brand right. across to wherever your potential customers are. So, who are you, and what do you do? Well, um, you know, first, I'm a husband and a father, and you know, son and brother, and and those things. I kind of work out concentric circles. I'm a Christian. Um, you know, uh, once you get outside of that, I'm a lawyer, I'm a businessman and, um, hopefully a lot of other good things in life, you know, um, but I, I'm, I'm a very competitive person. I'm a curious person. Um, the curious part really, uh, as I get older, I, I'm more curious than I've ever been. Want to constantly know things just like in here and looking at Falaya, you know, already, what is that about starting to think about, all right, what would that look like? Um, so just a lot of things, but hopefully at the end of the day, I'm just, a a regular guy that you could sit down and have a beer with or, um, you know, go home to my family and those little smaller things of life are what are important to me. Yeah. I think that's staying true to that center core value is kind yep. of always important for anyone and everyone, regardless of what path you're on. It's making right. sure you check back at home, touch home plate right. every now and again while you're going out doing different things, building different yep. businesses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, my, my wife is my high school sweetheart, right? So it's, and actually we, we were, uh, we were boyfriend girlfriend in elementary school, right? For fifth oh, and sixth wow. grade. So this is a year. whole that's a whole yeah. lifetime. Yeah, together. it is a lifetime. <laughs> I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to meet her early in life and before, you know, she could really find other men and see how great they were. <laughs> she goes, All right, this one's not bad. So uh, it's just been a blessing. But you know, that's that's really my world, my wife, my kids and close family and friends. That high school sweethearts, even elementary sweethearts yeah. is like a hard thing to come by. So I'm, yeah. again, I'm fortunate enough, same as you, not quite as that right. far back, but junior in high school is when my wife and I met. There you go. And so we've been together ever since, but it's always interesting to hear, oh, my high school sweetheart and I got right. married. And then however many years down the line you are, we're still married. You that's know, right. that's the important part about that family centered focus is, yeah, we met in grammar school or elementary school and we got married when we did. And now we're still here so many years down the line through thick and thin, good times yeah. and bad. Well, congratulations to you as well. Well, thank you. So h- how did we get here to this, what essentially is a half a room of swag with the G <laughs> yeah. and Gordon all over it? How did we get here? Well, um, you know, I, a, a saying that, you know, was, is one of mine, and although one of my good friends, Brad Mittendorf, has told me it wasn't a compliment, but anything worth doing is worth overdoing him. He's a historian and he's a very smart gentleman. And he says, you know, this is how it came about. And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I just like it. So um, whatever I tend to do in life, um, I really get into it and I tend to overdo it, whether it's, you know, sports or business. So somewhere along the way, I, I got the idea from watching a game show 
that, um, you know, and you see the people win different prizes as they go up a level and the more prizes they win, the higher the level and things like that. So I thought, well, what about something similar in terms of my clients when we recover money for them, they could have some swag to remember us by. And uh, we have different levels in terms of how much they recover and they get to choose one from each level until they've topped out at the value of their case. And um, you'd be amazed to watch these uh, clients of ours enter our swag room and just shop. Really, it's just about going from level to level and there's cooking spices and barbecue tongs and champagne and wine and clothes and vases. And, and it's a, it's a, it's an experience and um, they really appreciate it almost more than the check. <laughs> than the actual yeah, case. It, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I think with, with like swag, you know, to quote Michael Scott stuff, we all get right. Uh-huh. Like that is something that will never go away with people. They just love the element of getting branded items. Yeah. And like you said, even more so than getting that, that, is. that, that check at the end of the day, like, oh, no, I got a T-shirt That's or right. a hat or a koozie or a cup or an ice chest or what have you, mm-hmm. that it almost becomes that element of branding for the company where we're not going to spend any money on, you know, ad dollars or anything. We're just going to give them our branded items and right. just have them spread that word right. out there. No, it's true. And I got the, the very first idea, you know, Jenny Peters over there at Varsity Sports, great, great Love Jenny lady. Peters. Previous guest on the show. Yeah, great brand. And uh, you go in there, you buy you buy something, you get the T-shirt, right? And mm-hmm. so I started off with that concept. Well, I'm going to start giving T-shirts away. If they could do it. And we just started giving lots and lots of T-shirts away. And then those T-shirts spread all across the South. And people would take pictures around the country. They'd see them, get back. Those would get back to us. I said, well, why not just take it up a level? Why not just keep doing it? It just kept going and going and going until it kind of got out of control. <laughs> At what point did you think it got out of control? <laughs> if you would walk into the room, you would say it's out of control. Um, you know, really, when when people are more interested in the swag than the check, you know, it's 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 interesting to watch that dynamic occur. But you know, my attorneys who walk the clients through the room will report back the different exchanges, and you're like, really? Yeah, they basically almost forgot about the check. They just spent a long time in the room shopping. Do you get people coming to you now that say, oh, I saw all the swag that you yeah, give out? And like, is do. now that part of the, yeah. the strategy it, of how much can we well, accumulate I, or give I've them? moved a certain amount of swag out into the lobby area where we have free cold drinks and stuff. And if someone wants something free, they can go grab it. So there's T-shirts and spices. You know, we have a spice. We have a sauce. We have just lots of things. They can grab some of that swag as well. Yeah, you you got a... I had a, an ice chest here waiting for me when I showed yep. up, and I was surprised to find like a bottle of wine, like a bottle mm-hmm. of hot sauce. So are you creating the own spices, or are you just using like branded, no, generic um, products? We worked with, with Best Spice. Um, okay. to We took their basic thing. I said, you know, I like, I like a little more garlic. I like a little more this. But I didn't start it from the ground up. We got some ones from the ones around the south, like theirs the best. But I said, can we just tweak it a little bit? And they did it. They were great to work with. So getting started back in the 90s, right? That's when you got started with I did. Gordon. Wow. What? I mean, I'm sure this was never a picture in no. your head of being to the point where you've got all this different stuff. No. So what was it like getting started back then? Well, I, I was fortunate enough that my dad was a, was a lawyer, and um, he was a really gifted lawyer. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing you would think about and people talk about, like Robert Redford type actor, he was a lot like that. He was an good-looking man. He had blue eyes. He could talk like a Baptist preacher, just 
he was great. And so he was really talented, always in the courtroom. And he, he was proud to be a trial lawyer and he always wanted me to come into the business. So I, I went ahead and did that. And, you know, from 92 through, I don't know, early two thousands or so, I was groomed in that, you know, to go to court, to try cases, to build up cases. Um, and so it was a smaller shop. It was three or four of us, um, 12, 13 employees total. And, uh, Somewhere along the way, maybe 2006 or seven, I could see the, the shifting dynamics. Um, and I could see that it didn't matter as much as how good of a job you did for a person, whether that person would come back to you, that there was a much more um, influential um, dynamic out that. And that was the advertising lawyers. And I could see advertising lawyers were getting cases that a law firm like ours should have gotten, a good law firm who did really good work. It didn't matter anymore. So I remember having the conversation with them say, look, you know, it's changing. And we have to either change and get really small like me and you or I need to go try this. And he was generous enough to me to say, yeah, why don't you go do that? You know, at that point in time, he had made a lot of money and um, didn't want to chase that. And he was 60-something years old. And so he was, like I said, generous and said, you go do that and uh, let's see what happens. So from there, you kind of got the idea of, how do we get the name out there more? Yeah, I, I had no idea. I mean, I, I didn't study marketing in, in college or business or anything. I studied English, right? Uh, no idea how to do it. And was just fortunate to meet some right people along the way who opened some doors and um, was able to pursue it. And, you know, here we are. I never expected it. So going into your law school and coming out, was it always the intention I'm going to go work with dad or was it? Let me go try some more. Were you the kid that always wanted to work with dad or the kid that wanted to go try their own thing first? No, I wanted, I wanted to work with him. I, I looked up to him. I, I idolized him. He was just a wonderful man. Yeah. So then go into the this phase of let's try this branding, being the, the advertising lawyers. Yeah. Was like Billboard your first try or did you start with park benches? No, first try was uh, just TV, right? And, uh, okay. you know, my, my dad wasn't a fan of advertising lawyers like most of the lawyers from that generation. He was not a fan at all. But um, I started with a one company and they gave me a slogan and, and I remember filming those commercials and it was just awful because I didn't like, it was a persona, you know, I think it was called the, uh, the, the heavy hitter, you know, you know, call me the heavy hitter. And you've probably seen the heavy hitter in other States. I'm like, I don't want to be a persona. I want to be me. Right. Right. And so I remember filming that and we filmed a bunch of them and I didn't even use one of them. And then we switched it to something else. And you learn about trial and error. Yeah. That's, I think starting with the TV was kind of how everybody envisioned right. back in the, what, the 2010 era. Right. It was, let's get on TV, get on TV, get in front of those people. And then fast forward a decade or even five years. And then it started becoming what stats can we quantify right. in real time? What stats can we actually look at and know who's seeing it, where they're seeing it from, and et cetera. Right. Whereas the TV, it's, oh, it's going to be airing at this time right. from this time. And, you might get this so many people with right. billboards, so many cars drive in front. Right. Now, do they see it or do they not? Right. That's the question. Yeah. That, that's, that all gets into the, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to overdo it. Right. So one billboard or 10 billboards in enough, you know, I have close to 900 billboards around the state, right? A lot more than all the other guys combined because it's just, I'm going to overdo it. If I'm going to go in the space, I'm really going to go into the space. And that's, that's what we've done. And, um, sometimes it may affect my return on investment, you know, in terms of, <laughs> I probably could get a better return, but I just can't help myself sometimes. 
So it's the element of always wanting to see that brand somewhere. So people are constantly thinking about it. Kind of, but it's also um, it's a little more from a man from a business perspective of you know the the Amazon, the Walmart. You just you try to get out in the space and dominate the space and make it uncomfortable for other people to compete against you, right? Yeah, I mean, because I think that's kind of the point you've reached. Yeah, is it? It's it's an expensive game. If you want to get in, in Louisiana, is, is very expensive. And um, the friend uh, out of New Orleans, you know, Morris Bart, uh, we're friends. He makes it expensive. Dudley DeBosier, they make it expensive, and some other firms. But it's a it's an expensive game. So if you're not one of those brands that are well known, it's hard to compete. Yeah. So for for smaller firms, I mean, what can they even do to get on the radar? Well, it, it's hard. I mean, the the internet has changed. That digital media. I was I was very happy before digital media, right? Because there was <laughs> there's a certain amount of TV time and there's yep. a certain amount of billboards, right? And then this comes along, and now you've got to figure that out. And most of the lawyers who wouldn't want to advertise on a billboard or TV don't mind doing something on the Internet. So it's more competitive there. So, you know, we've adapted and have shifted a lot of resources there, and I think we do very well there as well. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, how many – do you know how many billboards are not consumed on 10 and 12 or I-110 by you? You mean – oh, that that are that I don't have. That, I, that yeah. you don't have, no, yeah. I don't know that, you know. I think, I think Lamar appreciates our, our friendship and our business relationship. I'm sure. So coming to the branding point of actually what to put on those billboards, right? Because mm-hmm. once you get their attention, you got to be able to deliver a message right. in a split second. Right. Those decisions on what to go on, I mean, are some are y'all just testing out or is it some of just how do we communicate our message that we're going to do the best right. thing for our clients? Because right. in TV, you get 30 seconds, That's you right. can explain well, it. Well, if you've noticed, and I, and I do believe in read enough to know that keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to keep your message simple and you'll see through the years Mine was pretty simple, injured, car wreck, like that, for years and years and years. And over the last few years, we branched out into, um, you know, maybe a little more tongue-in-cheek, a little more fun-type billboards and getting people to smile or laugh at it Um, because people do know us now. They know our name, so we're just trying to kind of keep them engaged in different aspects. Yeah, and I think it works. Yeah. So for the law firm itself, the growth phase – Y'all have got a few different offices around the state, and do y'all have some external offices outside of Louisiana? No, we have, uh, I think it's 12 offices now in the state. We're in, you know, basically all the markets. New Orleans, not as much for, for lots of reasons, but, um, you know, all throughout the state, and we're still growing and still having record years, and, you know, it's been a, it's been a blessing. So what was it like going from one office to two? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, you know, it's kind of like with kids. Um, you know, you, you, with your wife and you bring home the, I remember bringing home my first child and Riley and my wife was like most women, they're over the moon. They're happy. They, they really don't care as much about you in a, in a sense. Right. Yeah. You brought me this wonderful joy, this blessing from God, go have fun. I, I'm, I'm content. Right. And that's how it was. So the one office is great. It's easy to handle. And then you get the second child or the second office. It's still manageable. Right. But along about that third one and fourth and we have four children it gets a little more helter skelter it's it gets interesting because what i never counted on and I always thought that the the problem for me like most businesses would be the business getting new business where you're selling a service or a good it's getting customers um we've been very fortunate that that has turned out pretty easy the the problem is the is the people inside your business the amount of hr issues and the amount of 
um, problems that people have and they bring to the office and how do you deal with that? How do you manage people and how do you manage expectations? That has been the, the real interesting part for me as, as a business owner with, you know, 200 plus employees. Yeah. I mean, being cultivated to be a, a courtroom attorney, Yeah, how do you go from always being in the courtroom to yeah. you can't physically be in the courtroom? No, can't. Nope. So then I've got to take whatever, you know, uh, energy and, and talents I have or time and put it to other things. And that's largely what I do now is spend time on the marketing aspect and trying to figure that out, the client experience and how is that the whole process. And then trying to deal with the, the interpersonal relationships and issues that just 200 plus employees will bring them amongst 12 offices. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was, when was the point that you realized you can no longer be so active in the courtroom? Um, I guess it was, um, I mean, I, or are you yeah, still no, in the no, courtroom? Because <laughs> this, um, you know, a lot of people know me now and they have an opinion. And I'm not foolish enough. Bad. Yeah, I'm not foolish enough to believe that everybody has a great opinion or a good opinion of me. And so there are people that are going to have a negative opinion. And so if I walk into a courtroom with a client, is it fair to that client for me to go try that case when jurors may have a negative feeling about me and transfer that to my client? And, and I, I wrestled with that for a long time and did some focus groups, and it's just too risky. I can't do that. Unfortunately, I have other great trial lawyers in, in my law firm that can go try the case, and I don't have to be the lightning rod potentially, right? A lot of people walk in and go, oh, it must be a great case. Gordon McKern's in here. But a lot of other people say, yeah, that, that's Gordon McKernan. He's the reason we have all these problems, right? Yeah. I can't take that chance because you've always got to put what's best for the client first. And so how do you kind of battle – that going into a room, you know, there's going to be people with a negative view on you, like you and you people that you have never no, even no, met. No. They never met you as a person, but they, you know, when you walk in, they're thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's it's the Gordon." You know, um, I guess you go back to just, um, am I doing the right thing in life? Um, what am I called to do as a Christian? What am I called to do as a as a husband and a father? And I rest in that stuff, and I and I know that I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to do right in those areas, and if People don't like me or have a certain um, thought about me because of what I do as uh, for a living. I really can't do a whole lot about that. I try to stay humble about it, and, and um, but it's interesting, and you can feel it. If we were, you know, going out somewhere together, you might say, "Gordon, that person was really looking at you a long time." And you're like, you know, "I just try to be nice to people, and hopefully they'll see." No, he's a normal guy. Just he's a lawyer, an advertising lawyer for his occupation, but he's just a regular guy. Yeah, and I think when you have companies that create a brand around whether it be the owner or spokesperson, anytime that individual goes out in a public, they're just ordinary human beings, but people, because they see you in this different kind of light, they are projecting onto you their beliefs of what they think you are. That's right. When in reality, we're sitting down and having a conversation, you're a normal person, you know? Yeah, it is. But it's, it's interesting. And that dynamic is certainly there. So I'll tell my wife sometimes if we're traveling, I'm saying, you know, like, feels nice to eat in a restaurant and not have to worry about, you know, the person next to you if they, what type of feeling they may have or not have. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a relief sometimes. So from the, the employees of your, within your firm, do you have to have like training on how do they combat that in a courtroom? Like, has it ever come up whenever they're trying cases? Um, the, well, the lawyers, I mean, they're well versed <laughs> in how to handle There are different things that we can do procedurally and, and try to, Sometimes just not even um, associate the firm with the actual case, right? Because it's 
it can be inflammatory for good or for bad. So depending on the case, they might do certain things like that. Or other lawyers want to want to want to hit it head on and they want to talk to the jury. Hey, you know who my boss is? You know, I work for him. What do you think about him? And they're really good at getting people to talk. And sometimes you can bring out that negative bias and the judge can say, look, you're not right for the jury. So it can work either way. Have you ever hit a point where you it was almost impossible to find a jury because they've already had these built up opinions about you? Um, no, but it's there are always ones on the jury that you have to get off, and the judge is going to say, "Yeah, you're not you're not fit for this jury." But not the whole, yeah, not the whole jury. Man, like, if everybody in the whole ju- jury <laughs> veneer disliked me, that would be bad. Yeah. Well, just I mean, <laughs> maybe bad. contain an opinion about you, good or bad. And I right. think if the opposing counsel would say, "Oh, they've got a very strong opinion that Gordon's the best person ever," and oh yeah, they want the those case, off. They right? want that. It's like so you yeah. have that give and take. That's right. That is, and so very I'm, much so. It's it's got to be to come to a point with people. I mean, you can't drive down any uh, hardly any section of I ten that's got billboards with Lamar that doesn't have right. one of yours within a couple miles. And right. So having that perception again, good or bad, both sides. They want yeah, people that are neutral. It's a risk to both sides, and how do you calculate that risk and, and work off that risk? That's up to each lawyer in each case and each judge. Yeah, and so when do you ever have people come in that say they want you to try the case, or is that kind of then when you say, well, I could, but I, I here's do. from the history of what's going to no, happen. No, I do, and I have to talk with them, explain why this particular lawyer is, is well-suited for their case and that I'm not active in the courtroom um, anymore, and I explain to them, like, I don't know what that jury, that judge, may think right yeah um so it's it's better for you it's safer for you to go this route right and it's the again going back to that client face client first approach it is that's of what we're going to do to best serve that's you. right that's you always keep the client first you always and you know other business you keep the customer first it's amazing how many you know businesses and law firms and people don't do that i know it's what can we do to i guess people still want to have that self build up right how what mm-hmm. can i do to help build myself up first before right. we get there. And it's really taking that alternative approach of, no, you came here for a service. I'll provide you the very best service yeah. we possibly can. Yep. And without sometimes it's not you. Nope. Without a doubt. And do you ever have like any pushback from clients because of that? Yeah. But usually I can, I can talk them into seeing this approach. It's better. Yeah. It's again, reiterating them got your back at heart that's right so going into like the managing side of things becoming and stepping out of that courtroom like what what was that feeling like going through it knowing that you wanted to be in this courtroom and then kind of because of the push of being so public with the brand yeah. you can't well I guess I always look at is you know, as I mentioned earlier I'm very competitive I looked at it as a competition when I'm when I'm competing against the other lawyer in, in a big case that's me against that lawyer I just kind of channeled that energy and that drive into competing against the lawyer. Now I got to compete against these other lawyers in this marketing space. All right, how how can I do it better than them? What can I do better than them? And in the first place, it always starts is with the client. If you will take care of the client, represent the client, communicate with the client, build a relationship with the client, right? To make us their lawyers for life. If you do that, and all of a sudden you got one walking billboard out there talking about me, and then you do it again. There's two walking billboards, and then you do it year after year, thousands of cases every year. You've got tens of thousands of walking billboards, hopefully, out there for you. And those always perform better they than the ones Without you put put on the side yeah. of the road. That's right. You're canes, right? Todd yeah. would, would, would much rather have somebody eat a great meal and, and go, man, tell his friend, I had the 
best chicken finger meal. You've got to try this. That's so much better than putting on TV or any of your other sponsors. That's the best. Still oh is gosh, yeah. it's the cheapest. It's the most authentic testimonials, without a doubt. Still the best. And it it sells and yeah. connects with the yeah, potential customer way better than you sitting on a TV right. saying, "Buy my product, use right. my service." Yeah. If they, I mean, that's. Going using the Canes example, that's how they get people to wrap around the that's buildings right. for every new restaurant right. opening. A, a review is nothing more than a testimonial, if you yeah. think about it, right? That's all a review is. I'm giving, I'm testifying to the public <clears throat> of what my experience was. That's no different than the testimonials we've seen through all the years on TV. It's just moved to the internet. So moving into the the internet space, and you're talking about the competitiveness. What was that learning curve like going from print and and TV media to now this? ever-changing digital media where people can put koozies on microphones, they can put stuff behind their head right here in the screen, probably somewhere right. here is a logo for some for a government taco. Right. Like, how do you compete with that? That's You, you hire someone like Alex, right? <laughs> Alex Ludwig, who's, who's great with the digital space, right? I, I tend to see things. I see, I see themes or big pictures, right? That's kind of where what probably Alex would tell you. That's one of my strengths, right? I just... I see a concept, a theme, something like that. So I can look at things on the internet and kind of see, well, this is something we need to be talking about. But I don't, I don't really all understand all the details. I guess I'm not scientific and engineer built to understand all the data and everything that goes into it. But I know where we need to be on the internet. I know, I know what we need to be seeing, say, and then you, you hire someone like Alex who comes in and says, or Bo White from Click Your Digital, who's a great guy and great friend. Those two guys come in and say, this is how we do it. Yeah, and now I think you're starting to do a lot more TV-like stuff, but built for the specific platform. That's right. So, like you did the other day, and kind of an educational video almost, mm -hmm. where it was, I think, on like IG Reels or TikTok right. or something. Right. So, is that branding and that marketing level, style of marketing kind of becoming a more of a push? For sure. Because you've got everything else basically in the bag. That, uh, well, <clears throat> to some degree, yeah, I feel good about we're we're fortified, right? Yeah, we yeah. protected Fort our fortified, and, yeah. In, in in the TV and the promotional and the streets and word of mouth and billboard, the digital space is just harder to control, right? And so someone like Alex and my daughter Meredith, who's in social media and stuff, she's they're, they're bringing me there saying, we need to do this, right? Because I, I don't understand all the TikTok generation and those things. I know when I see it, I said, we need to be there. I don't know how it needs to be. I don't know if it should be me because I'm starting to get older. I'm 55 <laughs> years old and I don't think the TikTok generation wants to see a, an old guy up there all the time. I don't know. They do have this uh, this character, this person called the TikTok lawyer, and he'll take questions. Oh, I've seen that. And then yeah. he'll like go over what the, the legal term yeah. is and all that stuff. We'll probably do some stuff like that to some degree, but I still, I think that's cute and stuff, but does it really generate long-term followers that would, would use us in the event or recommend us in the event of an accident? Yeah. I don't know. So you you said your daughter's going into the marketing. Are any of your other kids looking forward coming into the the Gordon yeah, space? So I have four children, three three daughters, and uh, the youngest is a son. Um, my older two already are in the firm. Riley is is the oldest. She works in HR and operations. She's real good with uh, just reading people and reading situations. And Meredith um, is a food blogger, and um, she's a former model from New York. So she has. In, in that influencer, you have to do a lot of social media. So all that talented, and we were drowning. I could see we don't our social media is not strong enough. I said, all right, Meredith, I'm paying for you in New York. I'm paying for your, your lifestyle, your apartment, all your wonderful experience while you're trying to model right. up there. 
you're going to start doing some social media for me, which she's done and, and is doing a great job along with some other people um, in the company. So our, our social social media over the last year has really has really picked up. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the space that is the least explored from a big corporate right. standpoint. How do corporations right. find their how do they find their voice on their page that doesn't yeah. seem so repetitive? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't know. Them other two, Charlotte is uh, my youngest daughter. She's at Texas finishing up one more year, and she says she might go to law school. And then my son, John Gordon, is a senior to be at LSU, and he definitely says he's going to law school. That's exciting. Yeah. I guess somebody to pass the baton to. We'll see. Yep. So going into the continuing the digital space conversation, you're doing something pretty cool with – some athletes. Yeah. <laughs> the the NIL deal, <laughs> yeah. the name, oh, image, goodness. likeness, the the law that changed mm-hmm. a lot for businesses and college age yep. students. What you doing there? Oh man, that's what an interesting wild topic that is and, and where it's going and um every day it's just something new in that space. Um you know, when when it came out last fall in in 2020 I was reading about it and watching it and starting to see these signings that were occurring. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, wow, that's pretty interesting. I'd, li- I'd like to do that and make a little splash. But I said, hmm, you know, I had just met Kim Mulkey and um, we'd had a nice lunch. And if you haven't met her and had had her on your show, you need to. I do. She is a, a force, right? Just a, a personality and a wonderful person with great values. We had immediately hit it off. Similar values, you know, faith, family, doing the right thing, all those things. So had had lunch with her. And a few weeks later, when all this NIL kicked off, I said, wow, maybe I could do something in women's basketball. And that would be kind of against the grain. And that's an, another thing I try to do in marketing and life, you know, investing. So I'm a contrarian. Why don't I go cut a deal with, a, with an athlete, an LSU women's basketball player? So I did that with Alexis Morris. Did that in early December, right? And caught a little splash, and people, were, wow, that's interesting. Your your first deals with a with a female basketball player, got the kind of the effect I wanted. And then a few weeks later, um, while duck hunting up in um, Kansas, and on duck hunts, you know, you're with guys and you're sitting around and you're talking, you're probably drinking a little bit more than you should be at times. And um, news was breaking that perhaps Kayshawn Butte was going to jump ship and go to another SEC rival school. And some of the people, the men that I were hunting with, including my, my brother-in-law, Mark Field, who's the LSU team doctor, started ribbing me. Oh, you need to go sign Kayshawn. Don't let him go to Alabama. And somewhere in this couple-of-day hunt and probably too much uh, wine and, and hunting and testosterone, I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. And I just <laughs> literally had no idea yeah. what I jumped into with a couple of calls, Jordy Collada. I was talking to Kayshawn and, you know, um, met with him and within about 10 days signed a, a good deal for him, I think. And, um, he is, is staying here at LSU and hopefully we'll be a hundred percent healthy. And since that time, I guess word has gotten out and continued to sign players and continue to do that. And that's part of literally my diet every day now in terms of, all right, which guys or ladies may we do something with talking to agents. And that's a whole different world. All these players now have agents and advisors, and they're all trying to show. And, and, and though a lot of them aren't being paid because they want to hopefully represent them when they go the, to the pros. Yeah, they're doing their, their, their pro bono, pro but bono, the contract's like, right, you, we're right. with you when that's you go right. pro. And they're, they're trying to show 
these, you know, student athletes that I can bring value to you. So when they go to negotiate with me or do a contract with me, they're, they're just, I'm like, what are you doing? Right. I'm trying to help this kid. I'm giving money and you're just mucking this, this situation up. So it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. What's, what's existing out there. Yeah. I think the, the, the agents, some of them are going to do great things for the black athletes. They're going to do incredible things for the players and get them the most benefit for what they're able to offer for these brands. But you are going to run into those agents where they may not be so positive thinking towards the athlete. And they're going to say, this is a young individual who's got for what is for them, potentially a large check coming their way, a large amount of money coming their way. And they're going to look at the deal and say, oh, you know what? Don't pay me anything. Right. It's all going to be a percentage of what you make. Right. And then look at the dotted line, right. and it's going to be a hefty percent. Right. So I, I'm in a contract negotiation this week, right? And I have my, my contract has been written up. And even though I'm a lawyer, right, lawyers who are, who are smart get other lawyers to do their legal work, right? That's 100%. So I've got those that are well-versed in contract that's law. That's right. I, I don't know that well, right? So. <clears throat> Good friend of mine, Bob Barton, right, who was the LSU lawyer for lots and lots of years and had a lot of experience with all things NCAA. He's my NIL lawyer, right? And I pass everything by him, and he draws up the contracts. And, you know, 30, 40 athletes have signed this. So I'm, I'm negotiating on, a, on a, a star player, if I would tell you the name, and he's got his agent involved. And, um, you know, I'm not paying in the insignificant amount to this player, but just an example of one of the, one of the demands is that I have to put this player on my insurance policy, my commercial general liability policy. As like an employee? No, he's an independent contractor, but he wants wants him on my policy as a named insured. I'm like, are you out of your mind? What? <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to strike a deal and you're gonna throw curveballs at me like that. You can't imagine the 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 demands that are in this in his revision of our contract. And right. I'm like, so I'm walking this is the second time I've walked away twice from the same player, right? And and this player could have been getting paid this whole time, the whole thing, and it's just mucking. This player's lost now tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and I, I think the they say what marketing and advertising is always good till marketers get their hands on it. That's right. Sports and deals with NILs are going to be great until some agents get their hands on it and yeah. they can figure out a way to take what they do in the pros, right? Bring it down to the college level and really just slow down the process of what should be sit down with the person, the business, look at the deal, right. say, all right, let's add this. Let's add this. Let's take this out. Take this out. Great. Shake on right. it. Let's go. Let's not have some curveball deals because how many players and how many college students are going to think to ask, yeah. can I be on your liability policy? Yeah. I mean, for, for what you're, you're posting and you're, you might have to do a commercial video shoot or photo shoot for me, but that's it. Yeah. So like what within the NIL deals, it's a space that a lot of people want to know more about. <laughs> Well, I mean, what exactly that we can discuss are included in these deals um, or what's you know, expected of the yeah, athletes? Yeah, so it, it boils down to just a few areas that they're going to provide a benefit to the to a business, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's all sorts of things out there that are, that are around the country, and I, I think LSU will go this way, and let's call it like an exchange um, where you have a, a, a non-business owner, a, a fan, right? A, a college fan or just a, a guy, doesn't have a business. He's just an employee employee of a business, but he likes a particular player, right? Um, at other universities, I think it's coming to LSU, you'll be able to go on a website and log in and select that player and say, you know, I'd like to get a benefit from that player and I'll pay that player in exchange. It might be 
a 10-minute chat session. It might be signing an autograph ball. It might be if you pay enough to show up. And that, that fan could, you know, Venmo or Wire or PayPal, $200, $100, $500, right? So you have this exchange or this, or this uh, menu of all the sports, of all the athletes, and you can choose, or it might be the offensive line or however. So that's, that's one thing that I think is coming, hopefully to LSU and to other state schools, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like a cameo effect where you can like actually pay people to say like happy birthday to my yeah, kid exactly okay, got it right however they want it however creative they want to do it's already out there at other other schools and it's working that way um and that's a little bit different a fan exchange if you want to think of it that way yeah i think um a show my wife watches cheer on netflix mm-hmm. they they had some a session in there where the girls on the cheer squad were doing that that's right they could pay 35 right. 40 bucks and they that's would right. knock out 10 15 that's videos right. In an hour, that's and right. make like four yep. five hundred dollars. Yeah. Like Influencers that. have been yep. doing it for a while. These B and C list musicians and actors, you know, you get someone to wish you happy birthday <laughs> yep. or sing happy birthday to you. So, kind of the same thing, but in different levels. You might want to just do a ten minute chat, you know, on the Wednesday before the big games. All right, tell me what's going on. What are you going to do? What's what's the scheme like? You know, yeah. feeling good? You know, and you paid a hundred dollars for that ten minutes or something, right? And you got a benefit and that. You know, maybe you post, or maybe he shouts you out. You know, you got a big date coming up, right? Ooh, there and, you go. Right? He does a little video and says, hey, you know, Bob and Susan, I wish y'all a great time. You know, go Tigers or whatever. So there's mm-hmm. a world in there to do, right? The fan exchange and different people are looking at that. Someone like me who's a business, a business owner, um, it's primarily breaking down into digital media, right? So that's social media posts, um, appearances, Right, a community appearance or a community event you appear and or some sort of uh, right to video or commercial photo production, right? You show up for a photo shoot, like you might have seen billboards I've put up or a TV commercial. So it's kind of those three areas. Okay. And so, like, I've seen, but even for, for some of those areas, don't you go a little bit deeper with them on, like, some financial literacy training I oh, think yeah, I yeah, saw? Yeah. yeah, so we do. We we. We offer it. Not all of them are taking advantage of it, and I, and I yes. don't blame them. They're yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. I try to put them and offer them to be in a position, if they want it, um, to better themselves in terms of a, a life skill or um, an interest they may have. So if someone wants to be a, a physical therapist, for example, right? Robbie <laughs> Bolton, a good friend of mine you had on here the other day. You know, I'd call Robbie and say, hey, John Doe athlete, you know, who was an NIL deal, <laughs> Really like to learn more about it. Would you be willing to mentor a little bit, right? Okay. Another person may be, um, you know, in real estate, and I would introduce them to certain people like that. So we do offer that to our student athletes. Hopefully, you know, some of them are taking advantage. Most of them don't. But I, I want to do more than just, you know, exchange, financial transaction. You get something, I get something. If you want mentoring, if you want any sort of relationship building, we're here for you on that. I think that is going to play in the long term so much better than just stroking them a quick check yeah. to do a quick Facebook post or Instagram post or even a, a video for their daughter or whomever. That teaching them, right. whether it be a financial literacy course, just what type of skill do you want, is going to get the players after their career. You know, Hope so. get, get yeah. them something that they can do. If, an inj- you know, if something were to happen to them and they were to get injured right. in their sport and they could no longer play it, now they've got this other skill within this deal that they've done that they can right. leverage and not just rely on catching a ball right. or, or throwing a ball or something right. like that. Yeah, and, and part of that dynamic, because I do meet with, with all the players, right? Um, I wasn't able to meet with the, all the women LSU basketball players. I was out of town. 
but every other one I'm meeting with and I'm talking to them. And there are lots of warnings I'm giving these, these kids, right? First out, look, don't do anything stupid, right? You go post something on social media, right? And in the world sees it, our deal is over, right? I mean, you've got to be aware of that. Right. And so they, okay, they hear it, you know, and they, they still do. They, they hear they still do. you. One of the funny things is, is you know, I, I give that warning. So one of my, one of the players I'm going to deal with deletes his material like every week, right? All his posts. Do like just clean slate every yeah, week? Yeah, clean slate. And I had no idea. And so we're paying a lot of money. I'm like, Mark and Alex calls me and said, uh, all the posts are gone. They're over the lab. Like, what do you mean? Well, he likes to keep it fresh. All right, like, do you understand that I'm paying? We have a contract. Let's talk about what business. You, you know, one day you make the pros, you're going to sign a contract. There are things you have to live up to. And so you talk them through these things, right? So you got morals clauses and criminal clauses and living up to your part of the obligation, right? So it's been an, it's been an eye-opening um, experience, a fun, a fun experience. But it's, it's when you're dealing with an 18- and 22-year-old mindset, it's different. I guess I never thought about somebody taking a post and then saying i'm going to delete yeah. delete everything i mean that like, is clean that's, slated, that's right? nuts Just, it's all clean like know? it's fresh i'm like no i, I paid for all those yeah, posts. I, I paid for those posts because yeah. i mean you can then take depending on what they're going to do within facebook or instagram right. whether they invite you to be a collaborator which yeah. then gives your business right. the ability to promote it and boost it right and then all of a sudden that's deleted but if you've forked <laughs> out you know two grand for this campaign that's right and they delete it three days into the campaign you can't boost it anymore yeah so that's like bob we need to <laughs> tighten up the contract and highlight and bold yeah. that part you know because so they didn't see it i'm like yeah section a first yeah, section yeah, right. do not delete, delete. the yeah, page that's right posts. that's right oh man i didn't even think that was yeah. um, again you're, you're talking about a different mindset of, of individuals who this is so new to them right, right. it's such a new concept to get paid to take a picture with a shirt, a hat right. in front of this thing and to post it. I mean, they're just hanging out with friends and posting and sharing stories. But like you said, now they've got to tell their friends, oh, don't don't take that picture yeah. of me. Don't put me in, in that. If they're hanging out with a crowd where they right. would not live up to the, their obligations in the contract, they have right. to be very aware of their surroundings at all times. Yeah, for sure. Which you would think would get pushed off to the pros. But now within these deals, it's nope. You're learning about it now. Yeah. Well, all we can do is caution and warn them and educate them as we go. And it's, uh, you know, since I've uh, gone in this space, I now have two employees that kind of work full-time in the NIL space. You have to. And we have, you know, 30 to 40 athletes that are that we have to look after and we have to make sure they're posting and check the content in their post and when do you post and making sure they're getting paid and they have questions. So it's a – it's a that's a that's – a, it's a yeah, big part now. It's, it's a big operation now. I didn't think it was going to be. I guess I didn't. I wasn't aware of yeah. how how big that division was. Right within, for me, it is within, I, a, within a company. You yeah, know. Well, again, going back to anything worth doing is worth overdoing, right? So I'm I'm in that space. I'm a, I'm going to expand broadly and see what happens and see what type of return it brings me. You know, I'm not sure yet. I, I do think it's doing some good things. Probably not dollar for dollar like when you do a billboard or a digital. You know something on pay-per-click or something but it's right it's a difference i think yeah it's it's that that marketing and showing you're in a different a wider right. array of areas right. so is that going to be impacted by that that platform that lsu's putting out the the collective yeah they were like like yeah. all their streaming services and everything nah, I, I don't think so it's a little different um i i still think the one-on-one -on -one relationship 
whether there's an endorser or someone doing a testimonial for my for my company or any company is going to be paramount. And that's what really the when they thought of this, that's what they intended. They intended a a local hometown business partnering with the local hometown athlete, right? And both get a, a recognized benefit. Part, the player gets paid, the business gets this this publicity and this marketing, and it's good for both sides. Yeah. And now it's, you know, leave it to humans and ingenuity to <laughs> figure out how do we get around this and do this and the collectives and the directives and all these other things you're seeing. It's, uh, you know, I, I do admire the, the creativity. And then how do the agents get their cut? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy world out there now, I'm telling you. That is. So there's, there's two other things I wanted to talk about. The first, you had something stolen from you. Oh, over the yeah, over the holiday season, yeah. what happened? Yeah, so um, if you pass my office, you've seen from time to time I, I put up inflatables, right? Yeah. And it, what started as one inflatable has now become, you know, inflatables all year round for the most part, and you change them in and out, and you know that's a whole different subject. The public and what inflatables up, and why and this one up, and this one's down, and what flag are you putting up, and you need to put this flag. But you can't imagine what the the public calls to educate you on or complain to you about so but how you should brand your business yeah just everything so um yeah so for christmas years ago my mom was a huge christmas um fan gaudy tacky over the top christmas stuff not refined christmas like you know that stuff like the griswolds right you drive right. by and like holy cow so i some of that rubbed off on me so i said all right we'll just start putting up stuff and i wanted to do it at my house but my wife said, no, 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 no. You're not bringing that stuff to our house. You're going to keep that at the office, right? Yeah. Said, you're, right. you're over the top. Stays right. there. Just, yes, you, exactly. Stays there. So, um, you know, we had uh, our, our big Santa stolen um, about 10 days before Christmas, right? And, I know. Yeah. The, and then actually I was hunting when it gets that's a theme during the winter. I do hunt a lot. But. Um, I called when it happened and everybody's up in arms at the office and they're complaining and the news ran a story. And when you think about it, it really is bad, right? Someone trying to put out Christmas spirit has another person who wants to steal the Christmas spirit, right? And it's not a small inflatable. No, it's a 20 foot it's huge. inflatable and it weighs a lot, right? You gotta have a crew. Not one person no. is taking that oh, inflatable. No. And it's, uh, and it's not that then it's, no, it's, no, it's, thick. it's, it's, thick. it's, yeah, it's, it's special ordered. It's, it costs a lot of money, the whole bit. So all of, you know, marketing and people at the office are up in arms about it. And I'm just thinking, all right, how can we use this? Right. Immediately my mind goes, all right, what can we do? I said, well, we're going to run it, you know, a, a campaign, right? Bring Santa home with get a reward. Let's get it going. So immediately with some, some, some local talent and some other people, Got these commercials turned around, blitzed the airwaves with it. It took on life of its own for several weeks. And still today, when I see people, they say, did you ever find Santa? Did you ever find Santa? And there were some people who thought maybe I staged the whole thing. There there was that that article on that Twitter feed. Yeah, you know, not I'm not saying that I'm not beyond doing certain <laughs> things. And if you've ever asked me if I've ever done anything similar, I wouldn't deny it. But um, <laughs> This time you didn't do no, it. No, I, I can't say that I did. Um but I certainly didn't mind capitalizing on it. I think, we did a, I think we did a very nice job. And at the end of the day, um, we did donate $5,000 to Sylvia's Toy Chest, right? You know, the local um, TV personality. And she's a wonderful lady. So good came from it. We never found that Santa. But interestingly enough, um, the year before, we had had a smaller stolen Santa stolen at one of our other offices. And um, 
and someone, you know, with the hotline, they called in, your Santa's at this place. It's a one over in Gonzales. The cops go out there and the, and the person right away, you know, gives it up. Yeah. I don't know how I got it. Someone else gave it to me. And mm. so we did recover that Santa okay. that was stolen from a year earlier and we're able to put that one back up, but, the but big not Santa. the big Santa. No. So what I'm gonna do this time is the new Santa is going to have some G logos or some slogans on it somewhere. So that if you do steal the big Santa, you're going to have to deal with a big G on the palm or get it done across the, <laughs> you know, the back or something. So use, use the branding elsewhere. Yeah, the branding. Yeah. The branding will be on Santa. Or I mean, or put like a little, like an apple tile or a dot or something. Yeah, or something on it and just track somewhere it. on there that people will know. Yeah. They yeah. don't know where they got it from. Yeah. So did you have people call in? Cause you were offering a cash reward at one point. Did you have people call in and say, if I buy you a new Santa, can I get the cash reward? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have that. But there was, we had to man them. We created a hotline. There were people calling that a lot. It was, a, we had people who would drive around town and send us videos of the different Santas that they would see. Right. Yeah. They, they were just trying to, they were trying, they were trying yeah. to find a Santa. Yeah. Really into it. One lady was, was, I was so impressed with, I tried to hire her. I mean, she just had that personality. I said, I don't like know. A private investigator. Yeah, almost. I don't know what she'll do, but I want her to work for me. It was just that big personality. I mean, yeah. That, that's kind of high. If I see talent, I try to just bring it in-house, and I'll figure out where I'll use you. I love that. Yeah. Um, the second, the other thing was, when did you first see a meme about what you do <laughs> and how you brand yourself and what went through your head? It's been a while. Um, there are a lot of them out there, obviously. Yeah, there's a picture um, of Mars and it's yeah. a Dollar General and a Gordon sign. I, I I don't remember I I don't remember the first one I saw was like the there's a Jurassic Park one I think or something with the billboards all over and the dinosaurs and that one probably that may have been the first one I just laughed I thought it was really clever and funny, um, and then your your friends start sending them to you and then you get these ones that are maybe not as flattering <laughs> they sent those to you so I'm like <laughs> I don't want to see any more you know I just I know they're out there. Yeah, just pa just pass along from yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, because it's at that point, people are now taking your branding and then doing it one yeah. step further. Is almost like you've built this mega brand where right. people are now making fun of it. They and did. then it begs the question: Is all marketing and advertising good? Is all press good press, or is there really some bad press that can uh, hurt you? I, you know, I think Edwin Edwards said years ago. Didn't he say that famous comment? You know, um, as long as you, as long as you don't write a story about me, you know what he say? If I'm caught in bed with a with a, with a, uh, a live, a live, I don't remember, but it's, it's a funny little story, but basically he was saying all press is good press, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter bad or good or it, all press is good press. I so think. have you ever had to send out, send out like a cease and assist letter? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Can we talk about it? Yeah. All right. What's the story? <laughs> um, it's been several things there, there, it, and it happens a lot still all the time, but there's been direct kind of pirating. If you want to think of our brand. And then there's been piggybacking, right? So um, someone may literally try to use our slogans and things in their material, right, somewhere. Or they may kind of more deceptively do it where they'll, they're buying our, our names and stuff, especially on the Internet. And then it, it leads you to their website, right? Um, there's a whole big uh, litigation that's slowly brewing out there for deceptive advertising. So, for example, you know, my my – Get Gordon, get it done is trademarked, and get it done is trademarked. And if you were to put that in quotes, get Gordon, get it done, right? Let's say a client wants to hire me, another law firm may be buying that PPC term, right? And then when they hit it, 
all of a sudden their ad pops up first, right? Right. So they're using my trademark to get you to go look for them. They're buying my name, right? Or just put Gordon McKernan. They're <coughs> buying my name so that when you search Gordon McKernan, it comes up. And so yeah. that's a deceptive way. And then we've also found it where they're, they have it in their string search, in their, in their banner, right? Get Gordon ABC Law Firm. So, yeah, it's, it's more than you'd imagine. Then you have other states where lawyers start um, start infringing on some of your intellectual property, and you have to send the, send the cease and desist. Right? We have a, you know, people know me as standing on top of the truck. Right? And so I have national rights to that brand, right? And if you want to stand on top of a truck in another state, then you got to deal with me and the production company that originated it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you could trademark standing on top of a truck. Well, you're, you're, um, you're, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an image that you see and you have the image. Yeah. So it's a style. It's like, it's, it's a, a style it's a copyright. Style. And a, yeah. Very cool. So, um, as we kind of start to wrap up the show, we have a set list of questions we like to right. ask, ask every guest. Sure. So the first is what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Um, Fast twitch muscles, you know, move as quickly and as fast, I guess, you know, in terms of just, you know, if you're playing a sport, just don't move as fast. I know what I know. I want to do mentally, but I, I can't do it physically. The body doesn't communicate yeah, to the brain as quickly. Yeah, I know how to I know how to do that move in basketball, but I, I certainly just can't do it. <laughs> or you can, then just the, the yeah. ankle gives away or the knee yeah, gives exa- out. Exactly. Then you're going to see Robbie. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, the body breaking down. So do things that I once could do with my body. Maybe I can't do as well. So for the next question, what started out as a true, true legal career has kind of led now to this marketing, branding career. You've done a lot of different things, and so you've probably learned a lot of lessons along the way. So what are three lessons you've gathered throughout your career? Um, Persistence, right? Just be persistent. Be dogged, right? Never, never give up. Um, be curious. Right? I mean, that is, I, and I tell all my young uh, attorneys, be curious. Always asking questions. I just uh, I can't stress that enough. And then be humble, right? I wasn't expecting to be where I am today. I had no idea that this would happen, right? And in the face of the success and things that we have, you know, I still try to remain humble about where I've come from. People may not believe it. But I know what I'm trying to work on each and every day because I think I'm supposed to. I'm called to by my faith, right, to remain humble. Right, and do everything as if it was your first time. That's right. Yeah. So what is something you love about Baton Rouge? Um, the people, you know, great people, great culture of people. Um, and, when, and, you know, the culture here is just not the people, but it's the experience, it's the fun, it's the food, it's just a certain way of living life, right? And I'm fortunate enough to be able to travel a lot see different parts of the country and the world and the people and the culture that exists here. Um, it's not like any other place. I mean, it's just friendlier, more hospitable. Let's have a good time. Uh, it's just really, um, really special. Um, you know, obviously we have some heat and traffic and crime and some of those other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if the people in, in the things weren't so special here, we would really lose a lot more people, right? Cause we do have some disadvantages in the state. And hopefully one, you know, group of elected officials is going to figure it out for us and straighten it up, whether it's locally or statewide. But the people here and that culture and what bonds them, you 
know, it's just a melting pot when you go back who discovers the French, the Spanish, and all this, and you mix all that together, you get this wonderful blend of, of, of culture and personalities. Absolutely, and it's if all the people can do one good act a day, we can all work towards striving as That's a whole right. to yeah. get to a great, amazing state and city. That, that is true. You'd be surprised, just one little act of kindness. Oh, yeah. How far that can go. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? Um, have me back on your show at, on the eighth, 880th episode. I'd, I'd like that. You know, if we figure that, it might be five or six years <laughs> from now. Um, for me, you know, I just pray for our city, pray for our people, pray for me. Um, I'll pray for you. That's, that's probably the best that. thing you could do for me. Well, absolutely. I'll um, definitely keep you in our prayers. And 888, that's your, that's your next episode that's, to come back the on, next however episode. long it is down the line. It'll be a while. Hopefully we're both still here. That's right. Whether Barrett lets me start <laughs> picking up a lot more shows and a lot more episodes during the week here in the Fly Studio or what ends up happening, we'll figure it out. Well, right. thank you so much for coming yeah, on, thank Gordon. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for listening, whether you're watching or listening to us at whatever platform or version you're consuming the show. I really appreciate it. I know the guests do as well. Thank you so very much for Gordon and his time for coming on. And if you're in any sort of legal trouble, whether it be injury or whatever other aspects you find yourself in, make sure to give them a call and let them know the Patty G Show sent you. So, guys, this has been the latest episode of the Patty G Show. I'm here with Gordon. Thank you all so very much. And thank you again to the wonderful sponsors that make this show possible with a little bit more about them right now. Thank you so very much to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, the latest Patty G Show sponsor. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers is serving up hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, buttery Texas toast, fresh coleslaw, and mouth-watering cane sauce. So y'all stop by for meetups and wind-downs, lunch breaks and dinner fixes, pre-games and after-parties, or whenever your chicken finger cravings hit, I know my chicken finger cravings are hitting right now. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Thank you so very much to our sponsor, Falaya Real Estate. They are the all-in-one real estate platform for you, whether you're buying or selling. They've got options starting out at $399 to sell your home. The average lister saves anywhere from $7,800 on their closing of their home. It's really incredible what they're doing with it. Barrett is amazing at Falaya. Jacob, they're going to help you through the entire process from start to finish and really treat you like family. At Horizon Financial Group, we enjoy helping others achieve greater confidence, clarity, and direction in their lives. We realize everyone's path to financial success is unique. Sometimes you just need a friendly guide along the way. Whether it's customized financial planning, individual wealth management, or servicing your company's retirement plan, we've got the team with the experience to help you reach your goals. Horizon Financial Group, helping you provide, protect, and prosper for those counting on you. Visit us at horizonfg.com. Satera Advisors, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Satera is a separate entity. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. 
listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you so very much to Mallard Bay Outdoors, the Airbnb for the outdoor sportsmen. If you're looking to book a hunt or a fishing trip, this is the platform to use. They were a past guest of the Patty G Show. We got to learn all about what they're doing from the ground up. They are really revolutionizing the booking process for hunts and fish all across the country for your next hunting or fishing experience or maybe your corporate retreat you're looking for something to do for your employees book a hunt or a fishing trip with mallard bay outdoors and they will take care of you every step of the way from organizing it with the guides and the captains to making sure you can take care of them at the end of the trip mallard bay outdoors a proud sponsor of the patty g show